Starting with Hashem Dafpei, right? The Mishnah Ayin Testament base talking about the Hilchos of Nechsei Malug, property that falls to the wife, so the husband gets the payers. So the Mishnah starts and says, Hamoitzi Hoitzais Al Nechsei If a person invests, so he farms, he buys seeds, right? Whatever he has to do to, for, for the field to produce pay, produce so then he'll get the payers. So Hoitzi Harbeva Achol Kima. So even if he spends a lot on the field, and let's say time, he, he, he goes and he gets divorced. So as he, <clears throat> we don't look at it and say, okay, how much did you spend on the field? How much did he get out? No, even if Hoitzi Harbe, he invested a lot to farm the field for it to produce pay rice. <clears throat> when he leaves, as long as he, even if he only ate a little bit, Okay, meaning we don't keep a cheshben. It's not. It doesn't have to be quid pro quo how much he put in, but rather he has to farm the field and he gets the fruits. Now, So if it turns out he divorces her, so again, they don't make a cheshben. Whatever he put in, he put in. That's his problem. Whatever he ate, he ate. That's his problem. However, there's one exception. Let's say he did all the work and he never got to eat anything. He just left. So then we say, So then he will get reimbursed for what he put into the field, meaning she's going to, after the divorce, the fields go back to her. She's going to end up eating all the pay rates. So there we say that she has to uh, pay him. What does he do? He swears how much he invested, okay? And then he gets paid for whatever he invested. Now, we just said that, again, as long as the Baal ate something from the field, so then he's done. He gets nothing out of it. The Kama, Kima, Oh, and there's a couple, the, the Rishonim discuss a couple different ways to try to understand what, together, why does this work? Some say it's a din in, in Mechila. Um, as the Ritzvah says, it's a din in Mechila. And uh, there are other Rishonim that say that he's Megaladas, again, that he shows, once he eats something, it shows that whatever work he was doing, the work that he was doing was for himself. And therefore, once he, uh, once he ate something, so he did it for himself. So once he did it for himself, he got what he got out of it. Now, Bakama Kima, so we want to know how much is a Kima when he ate. Amaravasi Afilu Groigris Achas, even one fig. Now, however, caveat, when we said it's one fig, it doesn't mean that he was strolling amongst the fields and he saw one and picked one up. It means that he was able, farm to table, he was able to bring it into his house, he was able to sit down and eat from it, Derech Kavod. Amarav Abba, Amri Debei Rav, Afilu Shigra de Tamri, right? Even smushed. Dates would be quali- that would be uh, considered enough food of achal kima where he would no longer get reimbursed for what he put into the field. What about chutzpah the tamri? So chutzpah the tamri are the uh, dates after Rashi's tup shatim, either after you make beer out of them. They used to make uh, beer out of dates. So after you do it, like the the pulp or whatever the the stuff that's left, the sediment that's left at the end. What happens if you ate if you ate that? Or what happens if um, it was chopped in Rashi or it was just chopped up as little teeny tiny pieces how small we said smush dates how small basically we're getting very granular here no pun intended well, one is before they made the beer and one is after well, so one is before one is but either way it's, but, so it was chopped up to little tiny bits in preparation or one is after it was used for the beer but either way what we're saying is that it's basically nothing left so then we say take now we said that if it's one fig only if you ate a derech kavod was it considered an achila where the woman no longer has to reimburse him if he divorces, if he divorces her, where the woman no longer has to reimburse him for what he invested in the field. So we want to know, lo derech kavod mai. What's the shear 
Okay, let's say it wasn't Derech Kavod. So as much as he wants, he can go to the field and sit there and fress away, and we're going to still consider it that he didn't eat anything? No. Amar Ula Pligi Batre Right, there's limits to that as well. Marav Achav, so there's Machlikas in Yerushalayim, Chad Amar Beke Eser, Bechad Amar Bechadiner. So it's two Shirim. Okay, the point is that is the, the, um, the uh, Shir Achila. Amri Daini de Pompadisa. Avar Rabbi Yehuda, so not only the fruit themselves, but even in the vines. would be even like the sticks, the wood, and Rashi explains as elephant food. Okay, like the bamboo shoots. So not even the fruit itself, that would be considered that he had enough benefit from the payrace to no longer get reimbursed for what he put in. Rabbi Yehuda, Yehuda, Achila, Orla, Chazaka. So, or Achla, Orla, So these are things that, these are during times or crops that it's usher to eat. So the fruit themselves usher to eat, but the branches would be okay. For what? For his animal. So now what we're saying is, let's say you have to establish a chazaka. So chazaka is if you, if you spent three years, if you ate from the field for three years, that's considered a chazaka for ownership purposes. So what we're saying is if one of those years was Arla and you ate, that's Rabbi Yehuda Shita, and you ate the, you basically gave to your animal to eat these shoots, which aren't, which aren't on a that would be considered like you ate from the fruits, meaning in regards to chazaka purposes, it would count as a year. And therefore, so too here, it's considered an achila for the purposes of benefiting from the field for the payers. I mean, even if they don't hold that, it helps for chazaka. I still had enough from the, the husband still had enough from the, still had enough. So it's, we see here, it's together. What's enough of hana, <coughs> enough of hana? Right, we said by a certain thing, like the little tiny bits, we said it was tego, right? So, right, then we said the other thing, but even though Shalayi covered, we said was, right? We said it's an it's only Ke'eser. There's some sort of value. It's defined by, by some sort of value. Not necessarily value. It's, it's, I would actually say it's not. Especially, you know, especially if you learn this, what the reason is, is Hana. I want to eat, eat from it. Now here, I didn't actually get to eat from it. I, I, gave, I didn't get the personal Hana from it. How much, right? It's, it's a question, what's the bar? Okay, so now let's say you're talking about, Ishtay Kitana refers to, that's like the same of meaning somebody, the husband had a, had a wife that was only married to Midrabanan. So what does that mean? Meaning that's subject to me. She could back out, she could opt out of the marriage. So what's the problem? The problem is, that the concern is, is that, um, at any point, the Baal is not, it's in a normal situation, a normal, normal marriage. The wife gets the field. The Baal is going to eat it for many years, right, until he decides to divorce her. So he's going to take care of the field. He's going to make sure that it's properly cared for. And we're going to see this theme throughout. The problem is, if the wife could do meon at any time, if she could opt out of the marriage, then he's not so much interested in the long-term preservation of the field because he doesn't know if the marriage is going to last. Okay, he's not in control. He doesn't have the leverage. So now, Hamaitzi Haitzas, Al Nechse Ishtai Kitana. So So then we're, we're going to say that it's like you're, in, like, like you're spending to improve somebody else's field, which means that you're going to get reimbursement in kind. Okay, and that's, that's what we mean. My time. Okay, so Rabbanon went ahead and put this takana in place to make sure that he won't uh, degrade the land, that he won't do anything, that he'll make sure to keep the land up and he'll invest whatever the land is going to need Right, Rashi says, We're going to treat, treat him like a sharecropper. Okay, so he's going to be paid not, not like a husband where he's got a, right? This is what, we, what our Mishnah did over here 
essentially as a husband, what we said is, we're going to really mess him over, right? He put in a lot of money. All he got was one fruit out of the deal. So <clears throat> since we're going to, since we gave him this Paris, that fits within Paris, et cetera, et cetera. The difference is, is that if over here, the Chacham went ahead and treated, treated this marriage, we, we're going to treat him, whatever he invested like an Aris. So whatever rights an Aris would normally have, he would get, he has rights to whatever percentage of whatever the yield of the field is. So too over here, um, we're going to treat the husband that way. Okay, because again, we don't want him to, to mess over the field. We don't want him to mess up the field. Hahi itza, a story of a lady. So she had a <coughs> inheritance, a faraway place. 400 zoz felt her. Right, so it was a place far away. Also gavra, so the husband went. And he went to go retrieve the money. He heard that faraway place. He, I guess he didn't realize how, uh, how much airfare had gone up. Also gavra, afik shismeya. So he spent $600 to go get an inheritance. He heard there was an inheritance. He didn't know what it was. He thought it was a million dollars. He spent $600 to go get it. And all there was was $400. So he's already down 200. Now, what happened? He was short on money. He didn't realize how much it was going to cost him. I see, uh, I see Arba, Shismea, um, right? So Apex, he spent 600 I see to bring Arba Mea, the 400 that wasn't what, he, what turned out to be an inheritance. He thought it was an inheritance. It turned out it was $400. Bahadi de Kaasi, or 400 Zos. Bahadi de Kaasi, as he was coming, Istrich lay He was short. So he reached into, so he spent 600, he spent everything he had on him. Then he finally got there, he got the 400 as in the inheritance, he started bringing it back. He needed a dollar along the way, he needed one Zos. So he went ahead and took one Zos from it. Beshakal minayu, Asla came to Ravami. Ravami said, Amr le Masha Hitsi Hitsu, Masha Achalacho. Ah, we see. Masha Hitsi Hitsu, Masha Achalacho. Okay? Now. What's, one second. So he, he ended up divorcing his wife. That's the story. He ended up divorcing his wife. He got something out of it. Now the problem here is, and we're going to see this in the next sugya, is, well, one second. What does the husband get from? The, the payers. Where is, what's the payers over here? Since, so the Rishonim explained, since he, this is all considered shvach, because the only way that he could have gotten the money over here was, this is actually all turns into payers. Even though it's normally we say money, he buys karka, whatever. Here it's all shvach, because the only way for him to get the money would have been to spend the money to go out and get it. So since essentially all the karen was exhausted. So it all is a dinner shvach. But the point is, what we're saying is that he ate something. That's only if he ate pre. Here he took from the principal. So he, he was mashpiach, the principal, Ayudeh's money, so he had rights to it, but this was Karen, okay? And therefore, v'haitzahi, imkein havalei haitzah. So, <clears throat> so therefore, in other words, it's, Karen ha'kahal, he ate from the principal, I'm sorry, I said it was pears, it's not pears, it's shvach, I'll get there in a second. It's, he, he, he went ahead and he, he, he deducted, basically the money was hers, v'nechsei mulog, imkein havalei so we're saying that since Lamaiso, the Havamina was that he gave A from the Paris. That was the Havamina, like we explained it. Then we say, no, it turned out that he took one. It was only really from Karen. He took one, but it was really only from the Karen. It wasn't from the Paris. And therefore, um, he, it, it's like he never benefited from the Paris at all. And therefore, Yeshava Kama Now, this is where I, I guess I jumped the gun a little bit, but we said in the next thing is right? Again, let's say, so if the man invests money and into the field, he farms, he does whatever, and the field produces and he eats any amount of the payrise, so then we said he, he doesn't get anything. He spent $10,000 to invest, he ate 10 cents worth of payrise, it's done, finished. He's, he divorces her, he doesn't get reimbursed for the money that he put in. However, if he doesn't eat anything, if he never got to enjoy anything from it, so then, 
then he'll get his money back. He swears. Now, the, the Gemara issues a big caveat. As long as, what does the Gemara say? There has to be improvement in the land connected to what he spent. Meaning, if he spent $10,000 to farm the land, then the, the land has to be worth $10,000 more in order for him to get. Okay, then we're, we're thinking he is Yeshava. So again, that, now really, where's the question? But in regards to the money, where was the shvach? That's the question. So I, I, I jumped it a little early. The question is, where's the shvach? By the money, where's the shvach? He spent, I understand he spent money, but what's the hava meaning? What was the hava meaning on the question over there to say that, oh, if he got Paris, what do you mean? There was no shvach over here. So if there was no shvach, so why should he, why should he yeshava? At the end, we said, v'loi, I'm sorry. At the end, we said, How could it be Yeshava Vital if he wasn't Mashbiach? There, that's where the Rishonim say that since Lamaisa, he wouldn't have had access to the money at all. It's considered a Shvach. He wouldn't have gotten, she couldn't have gotten the inheritance. Somebody would have to go spend that money like he spent to go get it. Therefore, it's considered Shvach. And that's why it's Yeshava Vital, okay, that he would swear and get the money out. Now, the point is over here, again, if he never got to eat from any of the fruits, we said Yeshava Vital. So, the caveat is, Rabasi says, So the Gemara wants to know, meaning there's two ways of looking at this. What did our Mishnah say? If he never ate any fruits, he swears and gets reimbursed for whatever he put in. Now, we, we can go, that there's two different ways. We can say either that this is Lakula, meaning if the, let's say the land went up by $10,000 and he's claiming $8,000, that's how much I put in, but it went up 10,000. So then we could say that he doesn't need a shvua because he anyways improved the land by more than what he's claiming to put in. Or, right, are we going lakula, saying that if the land went up far more than he's claiming, then he doesn't have to swear? Or is it lachomra? Or is, but, hold on one second, when would he have to swear? What's the mission talking about? Where the land only went up as much as he's claiming. It went up 10,000, he's claiming 10,000. That's where he has to swear. So that would be lakula. Okay, meaning that this whole din is the Or do we say it's the meaning that even if the land went up more, even if, he's, even if the land went up more, he still has to swear. And guess what? If the land went up less than he claims, he only gets as much as the land went up. So that would be two ways to look at this Lamai Helchasa. When we're saying that he, the land has to, has to be Shvach, Keneged, the Hitza, which aspect? So Amr Abaya Shem Haya, Shvach, Yesar so Abaya learns at Lakula, meaning when do you have to swear? You have to swear only if it didn't go up or it went up the same amount as you're claiming. But if it went up, yes, if it went up more, meaning the went up ten thousand land went up ten thousand dollars based on your efforts, you're only claiming eight thousand dollars. So then you don't have to make a shvua. The mission only said to make a shvua when you're claiming every dollar that the land went up. So Amarle Rava, so Rava this is going to treat the system. If I know the land went up ten thousand dollars, you know how much I'm going to claim? I'm going to claim ten thousand. Okay, so therefore, Rava learns it. No, it's the Chumrah, the other side. Elo Amar Rava, Shem Haysa Itza Yiseira La Shvach, Ein Loi Elo Haysa Shir Shvach Uvishvua. Okay, if the if the Haysa is more than the Shvach, all you're going to get is the Haysa. Meaning, you're going to have to swear no matter how much you get. To take it at any point, you're going to have to swear. And what we're saying is you're going to be limited by the shvach. And even if you, if you say that you put in $20,000, only one of $10,000, you're only going to get $10,000. And even then, you have to swear for that. Okay, now, let's see. We're going to have a couple of Shilohs over here. Iboyalahu. 
Okay, so in a normal situation, we assume the husband invests in the field, he works the field, and he's going to get the pears. What happens if the husband went ahead and hired an aris, a sharecropper? So in, normal, in those days, they, it, was, it was normal, you had a field, either you, feel, you farmed it yourself, or you had an aris that would come, and he would get a share of the, of the pears. And you usually, yeah, whatever, 60-40 split, 40-60, however, it was dependent. But that's normally the way an aris works. So the Baal went ahead... And he was hired aris, aris of tachta, mahu. So do we say, adaita the baal nachas? So do we say that the aris is tethered to the baal? And therefore, istalik le baal is the So let's say, right, that the aris has to play by the same rules as the baal. Which means, what did we say the baal? He puts in $10,000, all oh, he eats one gregoris, he eats one little bit, and he's done. So we say that the aris is to play by the same rules. Or, right? and therefore, if the, if the husband divorces her, the aris loses out. <clears throat> okay, and Tesla says, well, how could this be? Right? That was why we say, in, in, he says, we say in Baba If you go ahead and hire somebody and you make believe that this is your field, and, um, and you make believe this is your field, and then it turns out that it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't his field, and the aris is supposed to get a certain amount of the yield. So the guy who hired him, who put him up to it, is the one who has to pay. So to here, the Baal should have to pay. So Tesis here says that no, they know exactly what the situation is. So the question is, again, the aris is agreeing to it. We just want to know what the halacha is. Whatever the halacha is, he'll have to follow. He understands that because he understands that this is not the Baal's field. It's the Isha's field. He's well aware of that. Nobody's pulling any tricks on him. Now the question is, do we say that the aris has to play by the same rules as the Baal? Meaning if the aris eats one fig, He's done. And the husband then divorces, he's done. He doesn't get his whatever normal split would be. Or do we say that the aris isn't considered the husband's aris, it's the field's aris. And who does the field belong to? Her. So you know what? Even after he divorces... Yeah, but he hired her. He hired the aris. Right. So we want to know when there's an aris. Again, the question is like this. If... And, and we're going to see. Let's, let's wait till the end of the morning. You'll see. It'll, it'll kind of come clear. Um, the question is, is the aris considered his aris or is it the field's aris? A field needs an aris. It needs somebody to work the field. Okay? Right? It's the, the, the aris is tethered to the field. And therefore, even after the divorce, he should continue. He should get his share because he's considered the field's aris. So the maskif la rava barchana and maishna. One second. What's your question? Why, why should this be any different? Let's say I go into your field, and I go ahead and plant the field. I am going to get paid back. So why should the Aris be any worse than that? So the Gemara says there's a difference. Okay, over there, you know why I went into your field? You know why I get paid? I went into your field. I saw you had a waste of field and you weren't doing anything with it. So I went in and I planted your field for you. So I'll get out. I did you a favor, essentially. Nobody was working the field. But over here... The the Isha Kantaina, what do you mean? The Baal should have gone, gone ahead and done it. Okay, so that's the difference. So my Havela, so in the mind, so we have a Shiloh. When the Baal hires an Aris, is it considered that it's the <clears throat> Baal's Aris, and therefore the Aris would get whatever the Baal gets, meaning that even he put in all this effort, all this work, all this money invested in, as long as he ate anything, like just like the husband, he would be out if they got divorced. Or do we say that the Aris is considered the field's Aris? My Havela, Amarav Huna, Bered, Rabbi Yeshua, Chazinon. We have to see that we have to assess the situation. Ibal Aris, who. So if the husband is essentially an Aris, right? He knows how to farm the field, then Istalak Le Baal, Istaluka Luhu, 
Okay, then the Aris was essentially helping out the Baal. Right, so the woman, when it was, it was the woman's field, it was the wife's field, so she can basically say to the husband, look, you're the Aris. Go work the field and you get the Paris. He decided to go ahead and hire an Aris. Okay, that's his problem. However, if the husband isn't an Aris, meaning he doesn't know how to work the field, so then we'll say that the standard would be, let's say the husband wasn't in the picture, that there would be an Aris over here. That would be the normal thing to do because the husband doesn't know how to work the field. So... That is how we answer the Shiloh. Let's look at the next Shiloh. Let's say the husband sold the karka for the Paris. So before we get to the Sadam of the Shiloh, there's a couple of things that are slightly problematic over here. And we discuss this, and they're trying to bring this down. We discuss this at the beginning of the parak, right? That when it comes to Paris, Paris is a schus of the Baal. And even on the side, we said, if there's Paris, if once there's Paris, then he'll get to eat the Paris. Okay, but what's the Havamina that he should be able to sell the karka, the land? Meaning, where is the, the schos or the kinyan in the Gufa Paris? And by the way, the Rush learns this over here. If you look, it's an interesting Lashem. Baal Shemachar Karka Le Paris. He didn't say Baal Shemachar Paris. If the Baal actually sold the Paris once they were already his, then it wouldn't be a Shiloh. It's he's selling the karka for the schos Paris. But if the schos Paris that he's going to get is only after there's actually Paris, He's not considered an owner on the land. He has his chos Paris. Well, why is this different than an Aris? When he arranged with the Aris, there was no Paris yet either. The, uh, I understand, but the Aris doesn't, doesn't, and the Aris doesn't have a right to sell. He doesn't have a right to sell. Here, the Baal is selling a chos Paris. So the Achorin, the, right? So if it's just a chos, it's, we have to wait until there's Paris, then he gets the Paris. Right? But if there's no, he doesn't... So... Again, for, forget about, forget, let's, not, let's not get into the Rosh Shilohs over here. Again, the question that I'm asking is, is the Baal only has a Schos Paris. When does he get the Paris? When there is Paris. Okay. So here, the, the Achorinim actually said there's a difference. If you remember, we discussed in the Mishnah, we discussed there was before Takana Susha, after Takana Susha. So really, Me'ikar Adin, the Schos Paris to the Baal would have been limited. He wouldn't have had the ability, it's, not, it's only once they're here. He doesn't actually own the Guf, he has no ownership or ownership or rights to the actual karka itself. However, after the Kanas Usha, the Kanas Usha, which we had two parts to, remember, we said, number one, that even the Baal in the Kanas Usha, that the Baal could be mighty if she sells it, can be mighty the land afterwards. So there we see, based on that Takanas Usha, we see that the Baal, so you have to say this is after the Kanas Usha. There were two parts to the Kanas Usha. Number one, that even if, if, if their Paris, even if she gets the land before Arisen, that it can be mighty for the Paris. And number two was, even if she sells it, even if she sells it, whereas the, 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 the Tana of our Mishnah held, if she sells the land, that, yes, the Baal could be mighty for Paris, but the land itself will go to the buyers after she dies. The Takana Susha said that, no, the land will go to the husband. So that Takana Susha, we see, based on the Takana Susha, that it actually gave him rights in the field. So now, again, that brings us to our Shailah. Baal Paris. So he's selling the Karka for the Paris. Right, again, post Takana Susha, so he has some sort of rights to the field itself. So now, Mahu, Miam Rinan, Maidikani Akni. What he got, he's selling. Oidilma, he took, right? Is that's one way of looking at it? Well, whatever he has, he has the ability to sell. Or, Oidilma, Kitokinular Abanon Peres, Labal. The when, why did we give the Peres to the Baal? That is Mishim Revach Besa. The whole reason we gave the Peres to the Baal is because we want there to be food in the house. Revach Besa. We want it to be a house that's full of food. Right, but to sell it, 
right, to get paid all at once, and then all the money's gone, and there's not going to be food in the house. So then, again, like we explained, the rush explains that if he's going to sell, let's say, that year, once he has the fruits and turn it into money, that would be fine. Because you have Ravach Besa there as well. But here he's selling the rights to produce later. He's going to get the money now, lump sum payment. He's going to sell it for the eternity of his marriage. And so he gets paid now. The money, he'll go, he'll go, right? He'll go drink and gamble away. And now there's no Ravach Besa. So that's the question. When we said the Baal has rights in the field, does he have the rights to the field? Or, and therefore he could sell it. Or do we say that, no, the whole reason we gave it to him was so that the food, the house would be full of food and therefore we're going we're gonna to limit what he can do with it. So Yehuda mar bar mar rava amar masha asui asui. The mechira is chal. The baal, whatever he was able to, whatever he got, he was able to sell. Rapapa amar mishmei rava lo yasu v'leikon. So we have a machal yasamarayim. However, says Rapapa, by the way, so I hold no good. Okay, because it has to be ravach besa. However, I just want to tell you, he actually, he didn't hear it from Rava. That's incorrect. He didn't hear it as a din, a halachic ruling, but rather, he tried to expound it from a story. Great story. There was a lady. So she comes in, she gets married. She brings into the marriage two shifchas, two maidservants. Now the husband goes and he marries another lady. Okay, so he goes ahead and takes one of the shifchas that she brought into the marriage, the first wife brought in, he gives it to the second wife. So this lady for Shetzach is not so happy. What does she do? She came in front of Rava. She went crazy. She said, what do you mean? I brought in these two shifchas. And then he goes ahead and marries another wife and gives one of my shifchas to this other woman. Loyashkachba. <coughs> And Rabbi just basically said, okay, quiet the lady, I'll get her out of court. The point is, so Rabbi Yehuda, Yehuda Marber saw this situation, man dechaza, he saw the, what happened. So he thought, he thought the reason why Rabbi didn't pay this lady any mind was because the Baal just, he had rights to use the Shemcha, so he had rights to assign it to his second wife. He had rights, whatever he wants to do, he wants to do. And therefore, we see that the Baal can do whatever he wants. He says, no, it's not true. No. Oh, what's the reason why the Baal gets to use the Shvachas or eats the Paris? Is because we want Ravcha the Besa. We want to make sure there's food in the house. Or in the case of Shivchas, we want to make sure all the laundry is done. We want to make sure everything's done. So you can't go ahead and sell the Shivcha and right, sell the money. No, we want to make sure that the laundry is going to be done, the table is going to be set. Over here, Lamaisa, the Shivcha was staying in the house. Yeah, he assigned her to the other woman, but they're in, all in the same house. They're all in the same house. They're all living. So there is Rabach Besa, and therefore it's not a problem. The Hilchasa and Allah is Balshamachar Karka Laperis, Layasabalaiklum. If the husband sells the, the Karka Paperis, doesn't count. My time, Abaya Amar. So why not? Chashidon Shematachsef. So now we're going to introduce a new reason. The whole reason we had right, right before, right now, why the Baal shouldn't be able to sell it is because we want it to be Rabach Besa. We want the household. That's the reason why we gave him the fruits, is that there should be food in the house. Abayas is a new reason. That the problem is Shematachsef. Okay, that the buyer, the buyer is going to abuse, is going to abuse it. He, knows, he doesn't care. He doesn't, he doesn't care. He gets it for whatever he gets it for. He bought it for five years, for 10 years. He's going to abuse it. He won't maintain the field. Why? Because he's only, whatever I can get out, I'm getting Paris. That's it, finished. However, the Baal, what's going to happen? The Baal, maybe she'll die and he will be Yerusha. So he's going to maintain the field. So that's the concern. 
Rava Amar, Mishum Ravach Besa, that's the concern that we know, that we want to make sure that the, that the, that the, the house has food. My Benayu, what's the nafkamina with these two reasons? So again, either way, we paskin that the husband cannot sell it. He can't sell the guf for the schos peris. So we have two reasons. Either he'll, maybe the buyer will abuse it, or maybe, or because we want the house to, we want the, Ravach Besa, we want the house to benefit. My Benayu, Eke Benayu, Ara, Let's say you have a piece of land that's close to the city, so the husband can keep an eye on it, okay? And therefore, we won't have the concern that it's going to get abused, or inami baal arisu. Let's say the husband is the aris on the field. So he sold it, but he's now the aris on the field, so he's maintaining the field. He's going to make sure it's maintained properly, because on the side that it could be yerusha, so you don't have the reason of shavat but you do have the problem of rav chadabesa, inami. Or on the other side, zuzi v'ka'avad buhu iska. Okay, what happens? Can he go ahead? If, if you're saying Rabach Besa, so be okay. If he takes the money and he reinvests it, he doesn't go drink, he doesn't go spend it, but he goes and invests it into business. He says, look, farming's not for me, but I want to sell the schosperis that I have anyways, and I want to invest the money, and then I will put it in a business venture, and then we'll produce income that way. I'd rather do that. I'm not a farmer. Right, so then... So then, right, then we're saying that you do have Rav Chabay, so that would be... A one long sum or whatever. Meaning, if he's going to invest it into business, and it's good, exactly, and he's always going to invest it, he's going to earn a residual. I want to put it into a piece of property, piece of real estate, right? And then, and then it'll, it'll return money. Or actually, it's really is business because you could buy a Bati. We saw this before, right? Bati ara ara wins out, but Bati would be considered, houses would be considered something in Nechsei Malog. So let's say, invest in a business to Shaira, right? I want to invest in a business. So again, you would have a problem of maybe Shema Tachsef, where the land would get ruined, the principal land would get ruined, but you don't have a problem with Rav Chabesa because he's going to invest the money and essentially benefit the house with money. Okay, let's move on to the next Mishnah. Today we'll just do the Mishnah. We'll start from the Gemara tomorrow, but really the Mishnah um, is, is very much where it's at. It's not just a Mishnah. There's a lot, there's a lot in this Mishnah. Shemeris Yavam, Shenaflon Nechasim. So now, again, we're talking about Nechsei Mulug. Let's say a Shemeris Yavam, Yavam, right? So she's married to Ruben. Ruben dies, she falls to Shimon to do either Yibam or Chalitza. She's waiting, so she's a Shemeres Yavam. Now she gets an inheritance. Everybody agrees she can go ahead and sell the field. Okay, there's nothing to talk about. She can sell the field. Now, <clears throat> there were, if you, if you, as you may recall, Daflam and Ches and Yavamas, there were four different ways that we explain this Mishnah. Rabba, Rabba, Baya, and Ula. There were four different ways that we explained this Mishnah. A little bit complicated as far as to work this all out. So let's just, for the purposes of our Mishnah, let's just say that Shemeris Yavam is begether Suffolk. It's a Suffolk, right? So when she is waiting, so she's in the category of Suffolk. Meaning if, let's say, if, let's talk about all the aspects of Aksuba, right? So let's say she was married to a guy, regular situation, and the guy died. So she, would, so she would get paid out, the mana masayim, right, the, the ikr. She would get paid out her nechsei tzayim barzel, which were the assets that she brought in. They wrote the value to the ksuva that she gave to him. She would get paid out on that, okay? And then she would get her nechsei molug back. That would be a normal situation. So let's, for the purposes of our mission, let's say that Shemeris Yavam creates a suffix. So now we're going to have mesa. Let's say she... Yeah, so let's say regarding those three things. But let's say over here, she dies. Mesa. So now she dies. So the question is, again, what's in a normal situation if she dies? The Baal is Yerush everything. There's nothing to talk about. Okay? Baal is Yerush Nechsei Milug. Baal is Yerush Nechsei Barzal. Baal is, he doesn't have to pay the money. Masayim. Everything is done. 
Okay, now over here, because it's a suffix, mesa. Mayasu biksuvasa. What are we going to do about her ksuba? And here we're learning what's ksubasa is her nedunya. Uvenechasim hanechnasim vayetzin ima. And the nechsei malog. That's a, that's code word for nechsei malog. Beishamay oimrim yachloiku. Okay, that we are going, yachloiku yershei abalim yershei av. So again, it's maman. Now, over there, and Rashi points this out over here. But over there, we actually dropped off. We said, Mayasa bik suvasa nedunya, and nechnasa nayetzin, nechasa biyetzin ima, nechsei malog. Okay? That we're actually, when Beishamay says yachloik, he was actually just referring to nechsei malog. Okay? But what's the point? Spe- specifically nechsei malog. It's a suffix, meaning if, if she was fully married to this guy and then she died, so then he would get it all. So here, because Shemar Yavin creates a suffix, so moment amotol besuffix, yachloiku. That's what Beishamay says. We're going to go based on splitting it. Yershei Abal, which would mean, who's the Yershei Abal? The Yavam, over here. And Yershei Av, okay, meaning the, it will go to her father. And then the Yershei, if her father dies of, of them. Okay, so half and half, the Nechsei Mulug would split half her side, half. That's a moment of Matol Bosafek, Cholken. Beisol says like this, Nechnasin Beches Kasan. So we have to go through different aspects of it. Nechnasin ar bechezkasan. What does that mean? What are nechnasin bechezkasan? That's the nechsei tzayin barzal. That was the value written into the ksuba. Now, the question is, what does bechezkasan mean? Whose chazaka are they in? Because, what are nechsei tzayin barzal? They belong to her. The value was hers. They belong to her. She brought them in. They wrote the value in the ksuba, and now he owns them. So when we say nechnasin bechezkasan, who is bechezkasan? So there's actually, it's a three, there's three shitas. It could either be considered Becheska's her, because she's going to get paid out. He Becheska's him, because the mice of the assets are sitting in this possession, or it's Becheska's both of them, because of the arrangement that they have. So Rashi actually says, and he says this, that it could be any one of those three. Well, whoever it is, it is. Whichever sheet that you go like in the Gemara and Baba Basra, okay, that's, that, that's who it would be. Taisus here says that no, Nechasim Becheska's means the husband. That's what it means here. Ksuba becheskas yershe abal. So the mana masayim that's definitely beksuba's yershe abal. Meaning, Beis Hillel says that when it's a suffix situation, we're going to put it becheskasim, whatever the chazaka. So like this, the nichtzeit sign barzal. The way these Taisus learns is becheskas the husband. Okay, so it's going to go to the other. The mana masayim certainly he owns the money. Becheskas the husband. However, the nechsei malug are becheskas, right? They're supposed to be hers. It's her property. That's becheskas, her. <coughs> so to put it simply, if we want, for the purposes of just putting it simply and succinctly, we have a machlekes beishamai and beishilol. In regards to the nechsei malug, beishamai says they'll split the two sides. And beishilol says that it's becheskas on, it goes to her yershin. Hiniach. Hiniach. Okay, now. Good, that's nechsei malug. So now, now we're really going to talk, and for here, and what a lot of the Gemara is going to be discussing is that let's say, let's say he married, let's say he, let's say he did Yibam, or even if he didn't do Yibam. The first, and we'll get to Kansa in a second over here. The first husband, the way, and we have this in Yivama, so we're going to have this now, we're going to discuss it extensively, that the, her Ksuba, even if she does Yibam later, her Ksuba, has to get paid by the original husband and his estates, and his estate. So all the assets from the original husband need to get preserved for her ksuba, which will come later. Okay, so essentially, if we want to look at it, 
whatever we said by Nechzeh Belug of the Isha, preservation of capital, right? We have to preserve the capital. So too, we're going to have the same thing over here. We have to preserve the capital, the, the assets of the first husband so that they will be available for Ksuba later at some point in the future. And we're going to have to preserve, and we're going to see this, all of the assets, 100%. Okay, there'll be one machlekes tanayim. Again, this is a period, new case. Period, new case. Okay. Regular, regular situation, she falls to Yibam. Let's say she does Yibam. They live together happily for 50 years. No, she doesn't get paid out. Because she's a Yibam. Okay. She's a, she's a Yibam. She'll go directly to the second. And so again, if her husband dies, no children, she falls to Yibam. So her ksuba comes along with her, her marriage, everything just continues. Okay, it just gets continued. We'll see some things here, whether it's considered acher or not in the in the coming dafim. But for, so the husband doesn't have to write her. The yavam doesn't have to write her in vuksuba. Okay, it's the ksuba is al nechsei harishan. But along with that, all of the assets, and I really okay. We'll, we'll, this will give a lot of color for the next couple of dafim. It'll make things just kind of easier. We're, you'll learn this along the way. But in a normal marriage situation, we know that all nechnasim, all nechasim are mishabat to the ksuba. Okay. However, that's because the husband's here. So we don't restrict what the husband can do with his nechassim. If afterwards he ends up dying penniless, then she can go back and get land. Okay. But the husband's free to do whatever he wants with his assets. In fact, he's not even allowed to earmark certain assets for the ksuba. And we'll see that in the Mishnah here very shortly. Okay. However, by a yavam, because the, when we talk about yavam, because the ksuba is on the original husband and the original husband's dead, so there's no like, oh, he'll sell some assets today and get some more assets tomorrow. Everything's got to freeze, freeze. Preserve the capital for the ksuba that we'll need for this wife later, okay? So now, So you buy karka, right? It's a way to preserve capital. So the, the yavam's allowed to eat the peris. Again, he just has to preserve the capital. But really, this is his Yerusha. It's his Yerusha. He just can't touch, he can't, dip his hand into any of the principal because we have to make sure there's going to be money for the ksuba. So, who echel peris? Peris hatlushim in akarka, yilachavem karka. Who echel peris? Okay, so now again, if there are peris that are detached, so this, this is Rameyer Shita. Rameyer holds that even mitaltalin are meshubed to the ksuba. Okay, so even the peris tlushim, you have to go ahead and Sell, you look up karka, you have to turn that, it's capital, preserve the capital of the original husband for the ksuba. However, <clears throat> like we saw, again, the same thing we followed by Nechse Malog, preserve the capital. The only difference here, we're going to have the Machlekes, Rameir and Nechachamim, is Metaltalim, are they Meshavit to the ksuba? Rameir holds yes, so therefore preserve all the Metaltalim. By the Isha, remember what we said according to Rameir, we did the same thing. Right, evaluate the difference in the field. Okay, again, full preservation of all assets of the original husband. Everything. Metatlin and 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 karka are both Meshubah Turksuba. You have to change this, and the Gemara is going to change this from Shaloi to Shalah. If it's Mechubar Lakarka, it's going to be hers. Okay. Hatolushim and Akarka, meaning as designated for her ksuba. Hatolushim and Akarka, call Kaidabem Zachabahem. Okay, whoever, it's a free for all. Whoever wants can go ahead. If Kadam he, okay, so again, Metalton or not Meshubah to the ksuba. So if she goes ahead and she claims it first, so she doesn't actually get it, okay, Kadam hu Zacha, Kadma he, she doesn't actually get it because 
eventually only she only gets paid her ksuva when she gets paid her ksuva. But by her going ahead and grabbing it now, will turn this into something that has to be preserved for ksuva. Okay, Okay, only if she does. Now, Kansa, he does the Yibam. So he is his wife. We'll have to see why we have to call, say his wife for Choldavar. The only difference is, like we explained, that even though Shimon did Yibam to Ruvain's wife, the Ksuba is going to be paid by Ruvain's, this will be Ruvain's original Ksuba. And he should not, Shimon should not tell her, the brother, the, the Yavam shouldn't tell her, here, I set aside a bunch of money for your ksuba. It's sitting on the table, okay? And therefore, what, what's he trying to do by doing that? What he's trying to do is, okay, so now here's your ksuba money. Everything else I want. The Baal left a million dollars, okay? I, why do I have to freeze all million dollars of assets? Why do I have to freeze all million dollars? I'll tell you what, I put 100,000 on the table, that's your ksuba. Done, finished, and I'll use the other 900,000. I can move forward with my, my, my Yerusha. Ella, so you shouldn't do that. Okay, like we spoke out, all of the nechasim of the original husband are achray, are meshubah to the ksuba, v'chein layomer adam le'ishtai. So too, not just for yavam, but you should also not designate different reason. Meaning, even though you can buy and sell when it comes to a wife, still we say don't designate money from the ksuba, we'll have to see why. Don't designate money, that's a way of saying earmarking. Don't earmark money for the ksuba. And even by a husband, all nechasm. Again, the difference is by a husband, we don't freeze the assets. He's allowed to buy and sell his stuff as he pleases. By the yavam, the original husband, you, we do freeze. Girsha, if the yavam divorces her, okay, she is just going to get her ksuba, what's the point here? The point is, is that the only time we'll consider the matter settled is when the Yavim divorces her. <coughs> in fact, we're going to see this in the Gemara, that one of the eight says, let's say the brother left over a million dollars and the is only going to be a hundred thousand, he wants to, is to just divorce her and remarry her. We'll see this in tomorrow's stuff. Okay, so when he divorces her, then she gets her ksuba. Point is that the rest of the money is now released. Okay, Hirzira. Uh, let's say he remarries her. Hare, huh? All the other property when he said the other. All, everything else, everything else. Yes, Hirzira. Okay, let's say he remarries her. Hare, kechol nashim. Okay, he is going to be kechol nashim, meaning that the ein la elok suba bavad. So, like any woman that he's getting remarried, so he's getting he remarries. So the the din is by all women when you remarry them, you don't have to you don't write a new suba. The second marriage also goes. Continuation of the first ksuba. It renews the first Even ksuba. The first so let's assume it wasn't paid out okay. for the moment. Okay, let's assume it wasn't paid out. So it's going to you know, reassume. So over here, what's the chiddush? He's a kachol nashim. So we said that over here, he goes ahead and divorces her, and then he remarries her. So he released all the brother's assets aside for what was needed for the ksuba. Then he remarries her. Now, so he she he still he still remarried her. She is remarried based on the original ksuba, but all the brother's asses are no longer frozen. The divorce, essentially, and that's what we're saying, that when we said, girsha ksubasa, that was a release of the assets from the brothers, the freeze. We released the uh, freeze on the assets. So, so that $900,000, let's say, that came in as what? That was... That was, that, that's Yerusha. That was going to her? Well, that was going to the that, that's Yerusha that would go to the brother, except out of that money, you need to pay... $100,000. You need to pay the Ksuba, correct. Hold on one second. He might have to pay it. But because he might have to pay it, it's And we freeze everything. And we'll have to see exactly what differences so between why, why the husband... Why don't they want you to do 
we'll have to see. Stay tuned for tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Um, so first of all, we said so. We said that the husband gets to he works the field. He gets to eat the fruit. We said that even if he eats, even we said if he eats a great grace, as long as it's or even uh, you know a, sma- a smashed up uh, a, a date. Okay, or, and then we had a Shiloh about little bits and stuff like that. But the point is um, that we said it's Teiku, and Rabbi Yehuda said even Chamilah's Murais shoots, like for you know, Michael Behema, okay, that we said he held that that was, considered, that was considered eating enough that he no longer gets reimbursed for what he spent. Um, Rav Chista issued a caveat that if, it, if his wife is a Katana, so there we went ahead and said we're going to dinner with Kamishbat Aris, because we don't want, he's going to think my wife can just back out of the marriage at any time. And he's not going to want to preserve the field. So we want to make sure that that's done. So we're going to treat him like an, an RS. We had the story of the Zuz, right? Where a woman had an inheritance. He spent 600 to, to claim what was only 400. There was a Havamina because he used one of the 400 that, okay, well, you got something out of it. And we said, no, that was considered part of the Karen. Again, it was all considered Shvach because it wouldn't, he, he wouldn't have gotten it she wouldn't have been able to get it without spending the money. It's all considered shvach, but it's considered karen. Therefore, he didn't actually eat anything. And therefore, um, we said that he, could, he will get reimbursed in full. Okay, we asked, what about a baal that brings in an aris? Right, what's the din going to be? And we said, it doesn't have to follow the din of a guy who goes into somebody else's field. When you know he gets reimbursed, what's the din over here? And we said, it depends. If the husband is an aris, he knows how to work the field, <laughs> then we're going to treat the aris like the husband. Meaning, if he eats anything, he's done. Even one little bit. If, if, if the Baal doesn't know how to work the field, then we say that normal fields are Kaimel Arisa, right? Normal fields would have an Aris working the field, and that would be the situation over here, okay? And we had then a Shaila. What happens if the Baal sells the Karka Leperis? He sells the future earning potential of the Karka, okay? So we had a Machlikis. Do we say that it's for Rav Chabesa, or do we say that, no, the Baal, after Takaras Usha, has the rights, it's the rights to sell it, and we, we brought him a chalik samarayim. However, we said, B'Shem Rava, however, Rapapa said, when he yelled, he, he said that the other mandamar who said that it is a mechir chayim, said he got it wrong because of the story with the two amasais, with the two, with the two shivchas, where Rava just didn't ignore the lady. And he said, no, because the whole reason is Rav Chabesa. And there was Rav Chabesa there, so that's why. But really, if it, if, if it, was, if it was selling, that wouldn't be okay. Here, where you just reassigned it to another wife, it was still Rav Chabesa, it was okay. We said, Lamaisa, what's the din? Okay, we said, V'chein Helchasa, and we said there's two reasons for Helchasa, and there's three nafkaminas based on what it is, but the, the Helchasa is either, in other words, the Mechira is not Chal, but now we introduce a new reason. One man number says because of Rav Chabesa, one man, which we had before, but one man number says it's because Sheva Tachsif. Maybe it will destroy the principle, destroy the land. We said the Nafkamina could be if he himself will be the Aris on the land, he'll make sure to maintain it because he knows he might have a chance of, of being Yerushit. Um, we had uh, if, if, if it's close to the city. Or on the other side, if he sells the future earnings of Paris and he takes the money to invest it in business where it's going to stop Rav Chabesa, you do, still, you do still have the concern that the land might get destroyed. And then we went into the we started with which we'll get into tomorrow and we'll go through all the cases we'll review the cases uh, in, in their places but um, we just re- basically had a machlekes to start the Mishnah machlekes Beishamah and Beishilol in regards to nechsei milug of a Shemeris Yavah which could treat it as a suffix Beishamah says yachloiku that the two sides split it because they both have Shemeris and Beishilol says nechasim becheskasan and therefore in regards to nechsei milug they are bechazak or her property and therefore her yarshim would get it